You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A curveball! Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 89 of Brewers on Tap. Lane Grindle with you as the crew still in first place in the NL Central, sitting at 46 and 40 overall, three and a half games clear of the Cubs, who are in second place in the Central right now. And here we are. It's July 5th, and everything is right in the world. The Brewers are in first. Well, it's been a very productive past week to the season, if you couldn't tell. For the crew, we go back to last Wednesday, a tough loss to the Reds by a score of 4-3. to three. And it took Thursday winning to salvage a game out of that series, but it was a big win. An 11-3 decision at Great American Ballpark. Jimmy Nelson was fantastic on the mound, and the crew banged out six home runs, including a couple from Jonathan VR. 3-2 again. VR blasts one to center field. Hamilton is back at the track. He jumps. It's gone. Jonathan VR with a solo homer. It's 3-0 Brewers. Jesus Aguilar with a three-run home run in that contest. Also a win for the crew. Friday, the homestand began and a 3-2 win over the Marlins. Stephen Vogt introduced himself to the crowd. One and two, the pitch. Swinging a high drive. Center field. Yelich back. Track. Gone! Steven Vogt does it again. Crew takes the lead. 3-2. I'd say he's endeared himself with the fan base in Milwaukee. Thirty-five thousand plus on their feet at Miller Park, and they want to see vote again. There he is. Nice curtain call for Stephen Vote. Yes, not one, but two home runs from Vote, and a little history from Corey Knable. Three balls, two strikes. The pet. Hey, struck him out swinging. Canable, 40th consecutive game with at least one strikeout. And with two down. Marlins send a pinch hitter for Bearclaw and Knable now with a new all-time mark in the modern era of this game. 40 consecutive games with at least one strikeout. Just 
past Bruce Suter. Saturday was an 8-4 win over the Marlins for the crew. Sunday, the final game of that series, the Marlins on family day coming out with a 10-3 victory to salvage a game out of the series. And then the homestand continued with a three-game series against the Orioles, two of those games in the books. And boy, they've been lopsided ones all in favor of the crew. On Monday, it was Orlando Arcia showing off the athleticism. Suter squares, Yacobonis deals, and Suter chops one past the mound. This is going to be a tough play. Shortstop charges, throws, not in time. Now trying to go to third, Arcia, but he overslid the bag, now racing towards home plate. And nobody covering. Yacobon is finally there. Now, Arcia is going to be safe at home on one of the most odd plays you'll ever see. Orlando Arcia scores all the way from first on a little slug bunt by Suter to short. Ended up in an 8-1 win over Baltimore. And then Tuesday... Stephen Vogt continuing to impress the crowd. He hit a home run. Travis Shaw homered. Eric Thames homered twice, and Jimmy Nelson was really good again as the crew won that one 6-2. So, again, 46-40 and 40 overall and leading the NL Central by three and a half games. There's been some transactions over the course of the last week. Jorge Lopez was up and back down since we last chatted. Rob Scahill's back up, as is Michael Blazik. Paolo Espino has been optioned back down to AAA Colorado Springs also. The June players of the month were, well, Jimmy Nelson. He's been absolutely phenomenal over the past six weeks or so. Really, since the calendar flipped to May, Jimmy Nelson's been about as good as any starting pitcher in baseball, racking up a high strikeout rate, continuing to not walk guys, and then Travis Shaw. I mean, what can you say about Travis Shaw right now? He has been absolutely phenomenal. Another home run on Tuesday that is his 18th of the season, playing at an all-star level. He didn't make the all-star team, but probably one of the bigger snubs for the all-star game in baseball was Travis Shaw not getting the nod. All right, let's uh, take a look back at what was a really special day last Friday. The pitch to Cooper. Let's brew up the past. Last Friday was a special day at Miller Park as former Brewer Corey Hart was inducted into the Brewers' Wall of Honor. He played for the Brewers for parts of nine seasons and he established himself as one of the top Brewers in recent history. In 2007, Hart broke out while playing in 140 games. He had 295, 24 home runs. He drove in 81. In his first All-Star season, 2008, Hart, playing primarily in right field, knocked in 91 runs while helping the crew clinch a wild card spot for the first Brewers playoff appearance in 25 years. In 2010, he had 31 home runs and was again named to the NL All-Star team while driving in 102. Hart was a big part of the core players that made up that 2011 NL Central champion Brewers. He hit 26 home runs that year. He batted 285 on the way to helping the Brewers punch their ticket all the way to the 2011 NLCS. In Hart's final year in Milwaukee, that was 2012, he had 30 home runs for the second time in his career while driving in 83. All those numbers are impressive. In talking with Corey Hart, though, it's clear that being a Brewer meant an amazing deal to him. It was like easier for me to, to be a Brewer. You know, I, I, I like to work hard. I love the guys. I love the guys. Said it was like a second family to me, but it never had to be uh, the star because we were when I was there, we were really loaded. So it was 
it was very convenient. I mean, I just loved to, to be here and be part of this team. And you know, the Brewers became just said they were a second family. We were my all my close relationships in baseball that are here. So it was for me to come back and to you know to be in the the, the wall is is very said it's humbling. It's something that didn't expect, and I'm very happy to be a part of it. And you know, obviously, hopefully, uh, that means I get to hang around a little more. <laughs> During Hart's Wall of Honor ceremony on Friday, he twice got emotional. Not something that those who played with or worked around Corey during his career were really expecting. He's currently spending a great amount of time coaching his son's youth baseball team, but a future with the crew is not out of the question down the road. Later, I mean, I did a little bit with the Brewers this year, but as, as long as my kids are young, it's hard to, to really commit to it. So I, I tried to do some, and let's get to the point where I can't go to the field like I want to because I have other things that I need to do. And, you know, right now, families takes priority so eventually when they get older and I don't have to do all the honeydews mm -hmm. I can go out there and do that stuff. <laughs> it was good to see Corey Hart back at Miller Park and now a part of the Brewers Wall of Honor. Uh, I don't consider myself a platoon player right now I'm still early in my career I feel like I'm an everyday player and uh, in 2015 when I got the opportunity to hit against lefties I did a pretty good but job. It's different for everyone um, I think every every hitter has their own plan but whatever your strong suit is, that should be uh, your plan. But once I got up, I, it was a little bit of a mentality. It, was, um, it wasn't pitching to my strengths. It was trying to pitch to the hitter's weaknesses, and that's where guys get caught up in uh, trying to do too much. Now for the Clubhouse Conversation. Corey Knable, the Brewers 2017 All-Star, is our guest here on Brewers on Tap. First off, congratulations. What an awesome honor for you and a very deserving. It's been an amazing run to start the year. Thank you very much. Uh, it's been it's been a fun ride. It has. That was a pretty crazy day for you. You, you find out you're going to have a girl, and then you get named to the All Star team all in the same day. That's that's got to be one of the top three or four days of your life so far, hasn't it? It is. Uh, that was a very exciting day. Uh, find out we're having a baby girl and to be named uh, the All Star representative. So it was uh, man, it was it was an exciting time. Great day. You and I talked in April when you were kind of getting on your run and starting to have a lot of success and, and you talked about finding your curveball early this year and how that was a big key for you uh, how has your confidence not just in that pitch but in everything grown even since then uh, it's grown a lot um, you know I've learned that more confidence you get you know more times you go out there you throw strikes and you get ahead and uh, that's been my, my main problem the past few years uh, I never got ahead with my fastball and I never felt confident so going in there I mean I'm just throwing strikes and trying to get ahead and uh, then work with my curveball for a strike and then I go from there you know if, if I can get ahead of the batters then everything will work out in my favor most of the time um, so that's that's been my biggest key. You have uh, surpassed some pretty big names in writing yourself into the record books throughout this stretch to begin the season or oldest Chapman for the number of strikeouts in consecutive appearances to start a season uh, and then Aroldis Chapman again in uh, consecutive uh, strikeouts. Um, and, and, and then Bruce Suter in basically just a period. And you're still climbing that chart. You're still getting a strikeout in every single appearance uh, for 41 consecutive appearances now. Uh, there's so many of these. It almost get, becomes a jumble. It's hard to even talk about all these different records that you've passed. But when you think about passing Aroldis Chapman, Bruce Suter, has it sunk into you, the company that you're in? Uh yeah, it has. Um, those are two great pitchers, of course, and uh, for me to be in the same sentence as them is uh, it's an honor. And uh, of course, you know, I guarantee those guys aren't going in there saying, "Hey, I'm going to strike out a batter every outing." You know, Aroldis Chapman is going there. He's got his 100, 
304 mile an hour fastball that he is going to throw for a strike and then he's going to go from there and um you know it's it's not like you can go in there and try and get a striker you go in there and you throw strikes and you hope everything works out in your favor and um those guys did that and that's just kind of how we relievers do it um so it's it's worked out you know and when you have your kind of stuff and you have the ability to get strikeouts it makes it a lot easier in those late game situations too to get yourself out of a jam if you need to yeah it does um you know as long as you go in there and you get ahead of the batters and uh you know you 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 show that you can command both pitches you can put pitches wherever you want sort of um then you know that it it shows that hey he's going to throw this for a strike he's going to throw strikes and you know, hopefully you get some swings and misses. What has it been like to work with Steven Vogt so far? That's been great. Uh, you know, I've thrown to him twice so far, and, um, you know, it's he's he's been out there. He's had my back, and, he, he you know, of course, not playing with him ever. Uh, he comes in there, and he, he, he knows that he's got a job to do, and uh, he's doing a great job behind the plate. Uh, he's sticking with us, and uh, he's trying to, you know, make sure he knows every pitcher. Like, hey, you know, what do you like me to do? What do you not like me to do? What do you like throwing here, here, here? Um, so he's, you know, it's good to have that veteran status with us, and um, he's been great. You've been used a lot this year. You and Jacob Barnes both uh, among the tops in the National League in appearances, and, and that can be challenging. I know that's the way you would want it. You want to be out there in those high leverage spots, but at the same time you won't complain when there's a day when they don't have to use you. But that has to be fun because you being used this much means this team's winning and in a lot of games late. That's that's the goal, right? That's right. The goal is to go out there and win games, and you know, I'm never never going to complain when I get out there. No reliever ever is going to complain. You know, most relievers will tell you they'd rather be in there every day than pitch every five days. You know, you you feel better, and um, of course, going in there, knowing that we're up, it's it's a good feeling. You know, we're winning games, and Barnes and I are getting in there. You starting to scoreboard watch more, or is it still just let's just show up and play baseball and win games show up and play baseball and I, I have my routine I get ready no matter what if we're down if we're up by a lot if we're it's a close game it's the same thing every I'm getting the same ready um, I'm going to be ready by the eighth or ninth inning hopefully you know we we, we get to where we can get it all right what, what are you expecting out of the all-star experience in Miami I'm expecting to have a blast that's it uh, man I, I've talked to a lot of guys vote Brown that have been there and um you know, Matt Smith, our, our travel secretary, has been there. This is his fifth year going, you know, just as uh, equipment. And, and he's said nothing but good things. All these guys have said it's an awesome time. Uh, there's a lot to ha- lot, lot that's going to happen, but make sure you enjoy it. Make sure you remember that, hey, I'm here to enjoy the All-Star game and uh, sign up for everything, do it all, and don't worry about sleep. You're not going to need it. So um, I'm excited. I, I can't wait for it. Corey, we appreciate it. Thanks so much, and congratulations. Thanks, I appreciate it. Let's crunch the numbers in Sabermetrics 101. As good as Corey Knable's been, let's jump into the numbers behind some of his success. 15.9 strikeouts per nine innings. That's first among all National League relievers and third most in the majors. His strikeout percentage, or K-rate, is fourth most in the majors and only trails Kenley Jansen of the Dodgers in the National League. Canable's also throwing his curveball around 30% of the time, which is helping him generate even more of those swings and misses. Canable is in the midst of one of the best seasons a reliever has ever had in a Brewers uniform. And now, he's a 2017 All-Star. Braun sounds it to left center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and go on again for Ryan Braun. He just hit another three-run shot out of 
Time to catch up with the crew. One of the newest members of the crew is catcher Stephen Vogt. He's one of the all-around good guys in baseball, but he has made a big impact with his bat since coming over from the Oakland Athletics. And I had a chance to sit down with him and talk about this big transition to the crew. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously getting in there uh, with the start last night, playing the whole game. Um, we're getting to work with a lot of the pitchers, uh, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, it, it definitely feels more comfortable now. Uh, feels like I'm part of the team. Feels like I, uh, you know, belong here. The guys have been very, very welcoming. Uh, staff, players, uh, everybody. So it's been great. That was kind of an interesting situation last night. Chase goes out after an inning. And I'm sure you had done a lot of crash course on Chase specifically because you figured you were going to catch him for six or seven innings last night. How did that change your approach behind the plate, having to get used to Espino and some of the other guys subsequently after him? Yeah, I mean, it was tough. You know, it's, uh, the hardest part is getting to know bullpen guys because it's hard to watch film because every game is different for them. Every situation is different for them. So, yeah, we did a lot of homework. I did a lot of homework on Chase. Talked with DJ, talked with Chase a lot about our game plan. We had a really good game plan going in last night, and obviously that just got ambushed in the second inning. But... It was good. It was good in a, in a in a way because I got to see a majority of our bullpen last night and just kind of relying on knowledge of, of baseball, you know, and being able to, to call a game for them because they're all unique. That's the one thing about our bullpen that I'm learning very very fastly is everybody's unique in their own way. They all throw differently. They all uh, have their own strengths, and so um, they did. It was fun last night just getting to catch a bunch of different guys and uh, getting to see what they can do, and they did really well. Everything that you've been through in the last week plus. Is it nice to just be back on the field and kind of have that normalcy back now? Absolutely. Uh, you go from being sad that you're leaving a place you've been for five years to wondering if you're ever going to be in, in another uniform to uh, getting claimed by a team that you don't know a whole lot about. And uh, But everybody's just made me feel very, very welcome. I've heard nothing but great things about this organization, about this place, and, it, and they're all true from what I've seen so far. This is a, this is a first-class place. They treat you well here, and uh, I'm very, very ha excited and happy to be here. You're very familiar with Eric Sogard from your time in Oakland together. And you said that you had followed this team a little bit over the last couple of weeks just because of what Eric's been doing. Yeah, I mean, as soon as you have a good buddy like Eric that gets called, gets back to the big leagues and he's with a new team, you want to check and see how he does that day. And so by doing that, just kind of keeping an eye on this team, man, they're fun to watch. You never know what you're going to see. You know, you got speed, you've got power, really good defense, and some really good pitching that, uh, you know, maybe doesn't get talked about a whole lot, which, you know, I'm kind of used to coming from Oakland. Where there's a lot of good players that don't get talked about a lot in the, in the national media, and that's what I feel like it is here. It's the it's a quietly one of the best teams in baseball that no one's talking about. So I've uh, been following them for a few weeks now, and, uh, you know, now that I get to see these guys play live, man, there's some really good ball players in this team. Last night had to be a frustrating night for you at the plate because I'm not sure you had a bad swing. You did have one hit that you came away with, but every other hit was, was hit really well. But they, they were unfortunately outs, including the first one, which was the play that Shebler made, one of the better plays that we've seen this season. Do you just shake your head and, and, and brush it off when someone makes a play like that on you, tip your cap? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's frustrating. Um, you know, you, you go, you hit the ball and you think you got a three-run homer and then all of a sudden it's a, you know, sack fly. I fortunately got one run in. But, um, you know, what you take away from last night was I had four quality at-bats, something that I haven't been doing, you know, up to this point uh, this year is putting four at-bats together in one game. And so for me, uh, the biggest thing for me is just not chasing, not expanding from my zone. And uh, that's really been my focus. I felt comfortable all night last night. A lot of that is just being in a new situation, 
um, and, and really feeling comfortable with these guys. But, uh, you know, I feel rejuvenated, like I've been saying over and over, and I really felt like me for the first time in a long time last night. So you take away from a game like that four great swings, hang with them as, they all, as the cliche goes. But, uh, you know, tip your cap to Shabler. He made a, a lot of good plays out there last night. You've been impressed with this group of guys since you've been around them, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Uh, the way they carry themselves, they have a lot of good – a lot of fun in the dugout, a lot of fun in the clubhouse. They play with a very loose focus. Um, you know, everybody's having fun, everybody's relaxed, but when it's go time, it's go time. And there's a lot of talent, a lot of uh, personality, and a lot of energy in this group, and um, I'm proud to be a part of it. Steven, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. Vote is 5 for 15 with three home runs and seven RBIs since joining the Brewers. And the scary thing is, if not for a miraculous play by Scott Shevler in Cincinnati, Vote would have four home runs and nine RBIs in the limited time that he's had with the Brewers. He has definitely made an impact. All right, let's check the Brewers' minor league system. Checking in on the farm. We begin in AAA Colorado Springs. The Sky Sox are 52-31. and 31. Garrett Cooper continuing that amazing season over at first base. He now has 16 home runs on the year. Lewis Brenson, since being sent down by the Brewers to AAA, has raked. He is hitting 336, nine home runs, and 41 RBIs now on the season for Brenson. And Bubba Derby's been good since being called up. Five and two-thirds on Monday, three hits and two earned runs. For the right-hander, he also struck out six. In Double A Biloxi, both of the minor league players of the month reside there. The pitcher of the month and the position player of the month. The right-handed pitcher, Corbin Burns. Boy, has he been good this year. He went 2-1 and one with a 1.53 ERA in the month of June. 29 and a third innings. Five earned runs. He struck out 32. Opponents hitting just 165 against him. And he pitched already in July. And ho-hum, six scoreless innings for Corbin Burns. He is perhaps having the best season of any minor league pitcher in baseball. And catcher Jacob Nottingham, also a shocker. He was named the Brewers' position player of the month for June. He hit 317, eight runs, seven doubles, a couple of home runs. He drove in 11 over 18 games last month. He has been very good since about mid-May. Over his last 40 games, he's hitting 291 which is a big improvement for Jacob Nottingham, who got off to a slower start with the bat this year. In high A advance, the Carolina Mudcats are 44-37 and 37 overall. And they continue to get some improved play from some of the big prospects. Isan Diaz has been really good recently. He's hitting 323 since the All-Star break. He has a home run. He's driven in eight. He's also stolen a base, three doubles going along with it. So Isan Diaz starting to heat up. Big time for Class A Advanced Carolina. Lucas Ersig has been playing much better over the last month plus or so. Corey Ray's doing some good things. So the Carolina Mudcats uh, still sitting in good shape there. Eight and four in the second half and tied for first place in the Southern Division of the Carolina League. Class A Midwest League. The Timber Rattlers are just 32 and 49. They're the only of the four affiliated a or higher teams of the Brewers that have a losing record currently. Uh, but they are 6-7 and seven in the second half, and they have shown some improvement. Josh Pennington is now beginning to toss for the Timber Rattlers. He was a part of that Tyler Thornburg trade and has big-time velocity, so that's an encouraging sign. And uh, some of the 
draft picks are going to start making their way into Appleton as well, which is going to be something to keep an eye on. The Hairston kid from Louisville is already playing for the T-Rats as well, and pretty soon Keston Hira is going to be there. More on him coming up in just a few moments. In the Pioneer League, the rookie Helena Brewers are now 8-8 eight and eight after a tough start to the year. They have been playing very good baseball recently. Peyton Henry has three home runs already on the season. The young catcher has a very promising future, part of a core of a bunch of young catchers in this system right now. Nick Rossetti continues to swing it well. He went three for five on Monday and scored a couple of runs and added a double as well. So in the Northern Division of the Pioneer League, the Helena Brewers currently sit in second. In the Arizona League, the rookie Arizona Brewers are off to a very good start. They are 7-2 and two on the year. And Keston Hira, told you about him. He's currently just DHing while he undergoes a throwing program and then eventually will be in Wisconsin. He has a home run. He's driven in 11, a couple of doubles, three triples, and this is all while going 14 of 29 at the plate for a 483 average. He looks to be the best bat in the draft, like a lot of people thought that he might be. So that's a look around the Brewers minor league affiliates. Now, some more talent coming into the pipeline when the Brewers announced on Tuesday 11 international signings. And um, maybe the biggest name of that group, Larry Ernesto, who figures to be a big part of the Brewers Hall from an international standpoint when the international signing period went live a couple of days ago. And David Stearns, Brewers GM, is very excited about this crop overall. We, we like athleticism. Um, and uh, generally when you're looking at young Latin American players, a lot of the types of players uh, that uh, we have the ability to sign uh, in the international market, a lot of them come with, with very loud tools. And uh, this class for us is, is certainly exciting, and, and it's no different. Um, we, we focused our international efforts on identifying those types of tools that we think develop and mature well and, and ultimately provide uh, value at the major league level. Matt Arnold um, has done an outstanding effort uh, leading the charge in, in our international efforts um, alongside Manny Batista and the rest of our international staff and really pleased with how um, this class has turned out. As you heard from David Stearns there, very excited about this group and a lot of credit going to Vice President and Assistant General Manager Matt Arnold for all the work that he's done in helping to put this group together. Okay, let's see what's coming up. Here's what's on tap. All right, coming up, it's all about that 1982 weekend coming up July the 14th through the 16th. That's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday against the Phillies, all the Big-time players from that 1982 team coming back. It's the 35th anniversary of the American League pennant-winning Brewers. And on Friday night, it's a free shirt Friday, and you get a 1982 Paul Molitor replica jersey. How cool is that? Paulie's the only guy that's pretty much going to not be back for the reunion because, of course, he's going to be managing the Minnesota Twins. But uh, you can come out and, and, and be a part of that weekend, and, and Paul Molitor can be a little bit of a part of that weekend, too, with the... Paul Molitor replica jersey on Friday. Then on Saturday, the reunion and the pregame ceremony prior to the 6-10 start against the Phillies. And uh, you're going to want to be in your seats to see all of that. And then on Sunday, the 1982 AL Championship replica ring is going to be handed out, presented by Chevrolet. Kids eat free Sunday as well on Sunday. Kids will run the bases if they're under 16. It's going to be pretty cool. That's going to be a big-time weekend. We hope you will come out for it and be a part of uh, the first-place Brewers trying to replicate. Uh, only it would be in the National League, what the 1982 club 
was able to do some 35 years later. That is going to do it for us. We will join you next week during the All-Star break. We'll set up how Corey Knable did uh, in the 2017 All-Star game, and we'll look back at the first half as well. That is all coming up next week right here on Brewers on Tap. Until then, I'm Lane Grindle. Have a great week, everyone. 